Here's Pastor Ed with a brief preview of today's edition of Voice of Faith. You know, God's favor is given to us not on the basis on where we are necessarily always on the journey, but on the basis of His love. Our relationship with Him is based on love. His love for us, more than our love for Him, far more. It's based all on grace, so we never earn His favor. We can never earn His love more. No, no, no. That's settled. It was settled on Calvary. It was settled on the cross. Pastor Ed makes an interesting and poignant statement there. God's favor doesn't come on us based on what we're doing. God doesn't wait for us to get our act together, to start living well, being good people, following His commandments to a T. God wants to bless us where we are right now. And today's message reminds us of this. We will fall short and require forgiveness. But that's what grace is all about. God still has a great plan for us, no matter how many times we blow it. Now, here's Pastor Ed in the book of Isaiah, chapter 10, verse 1, with his continuing study entitled, The Eighth Commandment. Families get angry with one another. There's just all sorts of friction. And because they're angry with one another, you're not going to talk to Grandpa or Grandma. Or you're not going to talk to Uncle or Aunt so-and-so. And so those children lose the ability to have interaction with those extended family members that would enrich their lives. Stealing family time. Oh, no, no, no. It's not just parents. It's children. It's children. Anytime he or she calls up, you know why. You know, they're fighting at the funeral instead of weeping about the inheritance. About who gets what and who's been shortchanged. Stealing has become a part of our culture. It's become a part of our lives. Think about all the videos and all the DVDs and all of the music that's pirated. Think about all that we do as a culture, as a people. Well, everybody is doing it. Yeah. Everybody is doing it. That's why Isaiah said in chapter 10, Woe to those who make unjust laws, to those who issue oppressive decrees, to deprive the poor of their rights, withhold justice from the oppressed of my people, making widows their prey and robbing the fatherless. He's talking about the government. He's talking about industry. Employers who want to make their employees slaves. They want blood from them. They forget they have a family life. Think about how in the corporate world all of the books sometimes are being cooked. We think of that domino effect from Enron to the present. The Ponzi schemes from Wall Street to Washington. It happens Again and again and again. I mean, you think about, we are one of the first generations that will see our children live on a lower uh, lifestyle than we had. 
Every succeeding generation would have a better lifestyle. Parents would work hard, that their children would have more, that they would be better off than they were. That was one of their passions, one of their desires. But it seems like this generation is robbing from the future. Just go to Washington. Stealing going on there. Whatever the politicians call it, the Bible calls it stealing. Pork barreling, politics as usual, it's still stealing. We have institutionalized theft. We have institutionalized robbery. Whether it's in the corporate or the politician or the public. No, no, no. Just don't point our fingers at Washington. Just look at your own tax returns. How did you fill them out? Were you honest or did you fudge on the truth? Trying to get more than you really deserved. It's become a way of life in America. We've buried the Ten Commandments. We've buried them in the past. We don't want them to speak to us today. Whether it's a big corporate business that is stealing from the public or whether it's the small shopkeeper that tells the widow, you need a new heating unit when really that has more life to go. Or the car repair place. Hmm. You have real problems here. It's going to cost you more than you thought. It's become a way of life. John Donne said, No one is an island entire to the self. We are all part of the mainland of life. And each person's conduct affects a multitude of others. The shoplifting that goes on, well, they count on that loss. They say there's 140 million incidents a year. And so they build it into their price, 2 to 5% higher. That's what's said. Now, Walter Eckert said this. This commandment does far more than protect property. It warns against taking advantage of a brother or sister in need. It stands against all exploitation of the weak and is a guide for all social and economic action and restraint. What are we doing to go counterculture, to go in a different direction? I know, yes, everybody's doing it. Well, that, that could be true. But as Christians, we're not called to go with the tide. We're called to swim upstream against the tide. God will give you the grace to do that. When the cashier gives you too much money back. Do you return it? When they put something in your package that you didn't pay for, do you bring it back or just walk away and say, Hallelujah. (laughs) God wants us to be accountable. And he wants us to keep his commandments because stealing is not just the... A sin against others. 
We do it personally, we do it as a, a community, but it is really stealing against ourselves. It's a sin against self. It impacts us personally. Uh, Paul hammers and he nails us when it says in Romans 2.21, Well then, if you teach others, why don't you teach yourself? You tell others not to steal, but do you steal? It truly impacts our character. Dishonesty damages us. It withers our soul so it becomes the size of a pea. It takes something out of us. Remember Jacob in the Bible, that great patriarch, that one who God favored? You know, God's favor is given to us not on the basis, on where we are necessarily always on the journey, but on the basis of his love. Our relationship with him is based on love. His love for us, more than our love for him, far more. It's based all on grace, so we never earn his favor. We can never earn his love more. No, 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 that's settled. It was settled on Calvary. It was settled on the cross. Ken Hughes wrote a book on the Ten Commandments, and he called them Ten Words of Grace. They're God's words of grace because God doesn't want us to stay the way we are. He wants us to change us. He wants us to change and be more like him. Well, that great patriarch, Jacob, he has an encounter with God. He's been running and running and running. We meet him and God promised, you're the one who's going to be blessed. But he won't trust God. He has to manipulate circumstances. He has to steal the birthright, steal the blessing, deceive his father, trick Laban, his father-in-law, That's what his name literally meant, trickery, deception. He's wrestling with the angel in Genesis chapter 32. And it says this, and the man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, Jacob, Jacob. He realized who he was, what he was. At that moment, he saw himself the way God saw him. Those are always painful moments, but always grace-filled moments. Because God, when he showed Jacob what was in his heart, and grace, Jacob, when he came to that realization, was transformed, and God said, no longer is your name Jacob. It's going to be Israel, a prince with God and a prince with man. He came away from that situation limping, walking, Differently. That's what those moments of self-revelation and grace do to us. But when we steal, there's always peace of ourselves that we're giving away. It costs us personal integrity. There's a lot of ways to steal. Some things really... Now, I've been robbed a number of times. I was back in Wilmington, Delaware. I got a brand new Dell computer. I was real happy. The choir was in the sanctuary. I decided to go and listen to the choir just for a moment. And I left my brand new laptop on a chair outside my office and just went around to see the choir and tell them how good they sounded because they did sound real good. It was a blessing. And I went back and that laptop was gone. Now, it wasn't any of those choir members. They stayed there. I remember how bad I felt. But then I really felt bad a number of years ago 
When a Wednesday night service, we were worshiping the Lord, and someone knew how we sort of lived, and, uh, and they robbed our house, and again, they stole my laptop. I don't have much luck with laptops. <laughs> so I, I remember walking through the house feeling violated, thinking someone else I didn't know was in this room, and, and they took this, and they took that, and just a terrible feeling. There's all sorts of theft that takes place. One of the worst thefts is tucked away in the Old Testament. It's not a material theft. It's more the stealing of a heart. It's found in 2 Samuel chapter 15. It's Absalom. Also, wherever anyone approached him to bow down before him, Absalom would reach out his hand, take hold of him, and kiss him. Absalom behaved in this way toward all the Israelites who came to the king asking for justice. And so he stole the hearts of the men of Israel. He was stealing their hearts away from David. Now, Absalom has many disciples. They're among us today. I mean, politicians are real good at promising the world. And when they get in office breaking those promises. We have institutionalized theft. People think nothing of stealing the hearts of people. Now, it's not only the politicians. People do it with one another. I've seen husbands and wives steal the hearts of other husbands and wives, their spouses, where they would talk to them and woo them, and they would take advantage of a difficult situation in a marriage, and they would steal the affection of that person and draw them away. It happens when people literally murder the character, the credibility of others, and they steal their good name. That's a theft, a stealing. That is so very painful. Shakespeare said it this way. Good name in man and woman, dear my Lord, is the immediate jewel of their soul. Who steals my purse, steals trash. Tis something, nothing, twas mine. Tis his, and has been a slave to thousands. But he that steals from me my good name robs me of that which not enriches him and makes me poor indeed. Every time we play the thief, we become a little bit more like the father of thieves, Satan himself. God is honest and truthful in all of his ways. Satan is a thief, a robber who's come to kill, steal, and destroy. Thou shalt not steal. Four short words. Let them burn in our hearts, burn in our conscience, guide and direct our steps. 
it impacts not only our character but our future. In Jeremiah, Jeremiah said, like the partridge that gathers a brood that she did not hatch, so is he who gets rich but not by justice. In the midst of his days, they will leave him. And at the end, he will be a fool. God has built into the law of the universe. He has built into the law of life. What you sow, you reap. You sow carrots, you will not get potatoes. You have an apple tree, don't expect oranges from it. If you sow sin, you will reap a harvest of sin. If you sow good and righteousness, that will come back to you. God has built it into the law of life. It impacts our future. And God says to the generations to come, don't steal. I think about how very often we could steal bread from another's table without even thinking about it, without even knowing it. Well, I never did that, Pastor. Well, the sins of commission is to take money that belongs to another. But the sin of omission is to keep money that belongs to another. How is it that we just throw all sorts of food away? So much is wasted. And 50,000 people die every day of starvation and we pray give us our bread not just mine it's yours stealing involves others it involves ourself but all sin is sin against God it's a sin against God in Psalm 24 1 it says this the earth is the Lord's and everything in it the world and all Its people belong to him. We have a responsibility to God. Let me just ask you a question. The last vacation you took, the last thing that you bought for your house, maybe furniture, television, uh, the last investment that maybe you made in your personal portfolio, was it from stolen money? No, it wasn't. Well, what does the scripture say in Malachi? Will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how do we rob you? In tithes and offerings. Wait a minute, pastor. Wait a minute. That's Old Testament. Okay. That's the law. Okay. All right, it is. But before the law, before Mount Sinai, Abraham hundreds of years before he ever heard of Mount Sinai, before he ever heard the Ten Commandments, was paying tithes to Melchizedek, before the law ever came. Oh, no, 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 we're in the New Testament. Okay. The New Testament is grace. And that means it demands so much more. See, in the Old Testament, if uh, I didn't commit adultery, I felt pretty good. The New Testament, God says, if you think about it in your heart, Jesus raised the standard. The Old Testament, uh, if I didn't murder, you couldn't bring me up on trial. Jesus said, if there is anger in your heart and you nurse that, you're guilty before God. 
Uh, the, the, the Old Testament and the New Testament, the New Testament raises the standards. It all belongs to God. He's only asking for the 10%. Well, I'll leave it there. I'll let you settle that with him. But it also impacts our relationship to God. Not only our responsibility to God, but our relationship to God. You can't keep on sinning and it not impact your relationship to God. It does. It, it just does. It doesn't mean he doesn't love you. It, it doesn't mean he doesn't care for you. Jacob was doing all this deception. God still loved him. He was still uh, God's patriarch, God's chosen person. David sinned and God still loved him. But God loves you way too much to let you get away with it. For whom he loves, he disciplines. And you can quiet your conscience you cross that line again and again. You justify, you rationalize, you reason away God's obligation. You know, it's not just our tithe, but our time. It's not just our time, but our, our talents, our gifts. God gave it to us to use for his kingdom. We're here not to just play in a playground, but to war in a battle. The battle of the ages. We're here not just to sit on some rocking chair and whittle away our time, we're here to serve the living God. Malachi, God says, to his people, to his children, to the whole nation, you're under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you're robbing me. In Haggai, I'm going to read from verse 5. We have verses 6 to 9, but verse 5. Now, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Careful thought. You have planted much, but have harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in the purse with holes in it. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give, say it again, give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build a house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You expected much, but it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. In Ecclesiastes, it's God that gives us the power to enjoy life. You could have as much money as Bill Gates but if God in heaven and sits and says, he's not going to enjoy it, he won't. God gives us the ability to enjoy the journey. He gives us the ability to enjoy life. Now, God is full of grace and full of mercy. He, his, it's his nature. But I want to ask you, how's your relationship with him? No, 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 I mean, if, if you didn't silence your conscience. If, like a child, you simply listened to his voice and said, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Would you hear? Thou shalt not steal. Thank you.
Ten Commandments are truly an epic part of the Bible. Hollywood has forever immortalized this section of the scripture in a movie starring Charlton Heston. While we know that we can't keep these commandments in order to gain entrance into heaven, what is our relationship to them? Pastor Ed will tackle this question and many others as he teaches through this 10-part series entitled The Ten Commandments. You've been listening to Voice of Faith, the radio ministry of Dr. Edward Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. Now, we want to encourage you to log on to voiceoffaithradio.com and spend some time getting to know us. There you can find today's message. The only thing you need to remember is today's date. Again, to stay current with what's being broadcasted here on Voice of Faith and to access the archive of messages, log on to voiceoffaithradio.com. Or if you'd like, you can always give us a call. Our phone number is 845 845- 462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We invite you to join us again for the next edition of Voice of Faith. On behalf of Pastor Ed, Faith Assembly, and the entire production team, we want to say thank you for joining us and come back next time for another edition of Voice of Faith.